I love movies that cranks me up. That's the only movie that gets my attention. Amen? Here is a guy and his friend. They won a free 30 days ticket to come to America on vacation. <clears throat> and so while they were on their way, everything is already paid for. The ticket, the accommodation, the, whole, um, the transportation, every cost, every penny was paid for. And they hop into the airplane coming to the United States and every time they bring food to this guy, he will pass. Drink, he will pass. Everything has been paid for. But he was completely clueless. He was unaware that everything has been paid for. So he was passing and passing. And I got a point, and he, he was talking to his friend, this, the little money we have as for expenses when we get to the United States, you want to finish it on the airplane, you're just eating, and you're just eating? Because that one understood that everything has been paid for. So he was just taking everything and, and sipping it. Here he was, just looking and passing everything. And that one said, it was in the ticket. Did you not read the ticket? It was in the ticket. These are complimentary. It's already paid for. And reality done on him. Wait, you mean everything everyone has been eating is already paid for? <laughs> then he decided to call the waitress. I'm sorry. Everything you have served everyone. Can you please bring mine? I want to eat now. Because now I understand that it's been paid for. And you could see the struggle. It's the only salad is left, you know. And that is the story of Christians. Everything has been paid for. Everything has been provided for. It's already paid for. But if you are ignorant of it, if you don't read the ticket, if you don't understand it, you're going to be passing everything. You just say, you know, I, I don't think I can pay for it. I don't think my faith is strong enough for this. Uh, I don't think I'm righteous enough. I don't think I'm holy enough for this. I just, you just keep passing it on. Why? Ignorance. Let me read a quote for you from Martin Luther King. And um, it is so profound that in our Christian race, because of shared ignorance, I call it shared ignorance. Because it is not just one person, it's not two persons, it's from the top to the bottom. From the leader, the preacher, the pastors, the teachers, the apostles, to the layman. We have a shared ignorance that has pervaded the church of Jesus Christ for so long and has cost heavens so much. Look at Martin Luther King's quote, I quote. 
Nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. End of quote by Martin Luther King. Nothing is more dangerous than con sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. Another quote from Daniel Boston, a history professor in the University of Chicago, he said, the greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance, it is the illusion of knowledge. <laughs> and the last one is from the first American. Well, you all know the first American? Benjamin Franklin, you know that? That's the person called the first American? Benjamin Franklin says, and I quote, being ignorant is not so much a shame as being unwilling to learn. Being ignorant is not so much a shame as being unwilling to learn. These are famous people that we all know. We respect them. Is there anything they say that is out of sync with the scripture? Did the Bible not say my people perish for lack of knowledge? That's all they're saying. Just saying in different form and version. My people perished for lack of knowledge. God said that himself. Amen? So this morning, I want to share with us, and I already, you know, I, I know for a fact, you know, I'm just going to read either one or two scriptures and we'll be done. I want to share with us The title that I pick up from the scriptures, if you know the gift of God, if you know the gift of God, the sheer ignorance that I mentioned that have pervaded Christianity and that have been in Christendom for ages is this word that Jesus uttered in the book of John chapter 4. If you know the gift of God. A lot of us, we've been born again for several years. Again, keep in mind, ignorance is not just dangerous. And it is not just, it's not the end of the game. You can, that's why I picked those, there are numerous quotes that's why I picked those three. So you don't feel that this message is about pulling you down or making you feel sad. No, 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 no. This is God calling us in such a time like this. Calling us onto what he has created us for. We are on a right and there is nothing that will stop us. Guarantee that. Amen. 
So because ignorance is, is just, is dangerous. So we need to trust God as he's taking us on a ride for his epiphany. Jesus was the one that offered that word. And we're going to look at the woman in conversation with Jesus. And we pay attention to the woman because that's all God wanted us to do. There was a story in the book of John chapter 4 about the story of a woman of Samaria at the well. And um, I think we're just going to go straight to read that. John chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 7. John chapter 4, verse 7. If you know the gift of God, if every believer we know and understand the gift of God, nah. No, 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 no. This word will not contain us. The kingdom of God and the tabernacle of God will come down to dwell among men. And that's the desire of God. Don't worry. We are work in progress. We are going to get there. I said we are going to get there. In the name of Jesus. We are in everywhere we show up. God shows up. Everywhere we land, the tabernacle of God arrives. In every home we get to, Jesus has visited. It will happen. Mark my word. I said it will happen. He said when when that prophet prophesied that by this time tomorrow there's going to be plenty. You know, you remember Gehazi? The prophet that refused, I mean the servant that refused to believe. Did it happen? Hallelujah. I said it will happen. God will be so much in us and completed in us that wherever we show up, God shows up. That wherever we learn, God has landed. In the name of Jesus. So in John chapter 4, beginning reading from verse 7, the Bible says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? Because he includes everyone. He doesn't exclude that's him. Hallelujah. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God 
And who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he will have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, not only do I want you to pay attention, the Holy Ghost attention to the letters of this word, I want you to pay Holy Ghost attention to the spirit of these words. This is a woman of Samaria. Samaritans don't have dealings with the Jews. It is almost an anathema. And Jesus is having an encounter with this woman because Jesus has come to save the entire world. He doesn't exclude. He doesn't isolate. It doesn't matter who you are. He is going to reach out to you. Amen? But watch the attitude of this woman. Because we as Christians, we're going to stand in just a position with the attitude of this woman. And I'm going to stand as a Christian. And that woman is going to stand. And Jesus is asking for a comparison between my attitude and the attitude of the Samaritan woman. Between the utterances, my word, my conversation, and that of the Samaritan woman. The kind of questions I ask and that of the Samaritan woman. I want us to pay attention to the spirit of this word. Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water art thou greater than our father Jacob which gave us the well what do you have that is not given see the woman understood that everything she has was given and Jesus is speaking the language she understand he said I have given you now he's talking about gift if you know the gift of God. That woman is referencing a gift she has already received. The gift of the where. And Jesus is telling him there is another gift that I will have given you. You will not ask for that gift because you don't know the gift. That's why if you know the gift of God, you will have asked. But let's pay attention patiently to the attitude of this woman. Thou, sir, thou has nothing to draw with. I want you to begin to compare your attitude with her attitude as a Christian. And the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Are thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall fast again. True of us. 
true or false? But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Hallelujah. How much convincing does Jesus has to do before the woman said, rest your case, give me the water. Is that the attitude of Christians today? How many messages have we heard? How many sermon have we listened to? How many prayer points? But what has been our response to what God is saying to us? The woman was not concerned about how the water will not make her thirst anymore. It's none of her business. She cared less. She was not concerned about how will it happen. How is it going to happen? You mean you give me water to drink and I will never thirst again? How? She was not concerned. All she needed to hear was that the comparison. I know that Abraham was your father. And Abraham gave you this well. But every time you drink, you're thirsty again. But I have a water that I want to give to you. That once you drink, you never thirst again. There will be no need to continuously come in to fetch, doing the same routine over and over again. It was enough for her. And she immediately responded, Sir, I'm sold. Give me that water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the question Jesus asked initially, is, if you know the gift of God, how many Christians today know the gift of God? How many of us understand the gift of God? Because if we do, Jesus is saying, we will have asked. We will ask for the living water that he will give to us and it will spring unto eternity. It will last forever. Amen? The sheer ignorance is the lack of understanding of what the gift of God is. Because we have been given that gift. Just like that our friend in the telecast. Even though everything was paid for the moment he was given that gift. 
He was given a gift to go spend 30 days in America. Everything included in that same gift. He received the gift. But was he suffering in the airplane? Yeah, he suffered hunger. He suffered hunger. Hallelujah. Just because of sheer ignorance. Simply because he failed to read the letter of the tickets. The contracts specifically says everything is paid for. Hallelujah. The, the contract Jesus has with Christians left anything out that was not included? Can you answer me? Was there anything that we need in life that was not in that package? I don't think so. I don't think so. It was a complete package. Everything was in that package. But if that is the case, why is our attitude not like the attitude of that woman? Why is our countenance not showing someone that has everything? Why do we see the prince walking with his head bowed if he has the kingdom? If you see a prince walking with his head bowed, there is two possibilities. Either the king has died or he is unaware of his inheritance. One out of those two possibilities will be the only reason why a prince will be walking the street with his head bowed. If his father, the king, has died, the kingdom is gone. Or, if he is unaware of the inheritance of the throne in which he is here, the Jesus not said to us, we are joined here with him. Is we are walking with our hair bow, then one of those possibilities should be the reason. Is either our king has died. And I think it, that's, that's, that's already answered. He's alive. He is alive. Jesus is alive. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, is alive. Our king reigned. He has not died. So, most likely, the second possibility is the correct answer. The prince is ignorant. Ignorance is the most dangerous thing, says Martin Luther King. The prince is ignorance, has ignorant or ignorance of the heir or the inheritance in the kingdom. He is not aware of what the package is. Just like our friend was not aware of what the package is. So his ignorance was the cause of his pain. Hallelujah. But God is taking us out of ignorance. He's bringing us out of oblivion. He's bringing us out of this moodiness, out of this shadow of darkness and bringing us into the marvelous light. Amen? 
Amen. You will see this sheer ignorance in all the history of the church. It's not peculiar to one church. I've always said it. Watch the way we pray. Then it will tell you what we know. As soon as that guy was told it's been paid for, did you see the aggression? If you don't give me everything now, I will show myself. That's what he said. I don't know if you pay. I pay attention to every of those details. The moment he knew that it's been paid for, the attitude changed. He was not begging. He was not pleading. He was saying, this is my right. Now you got to give it to me or something else is going to happen. Do we behave like that? Do we relate like that? Do we see it from that perspective? As Christians, do we understand that as soon as it's been paid for, it is ours? And from the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violent and only the violent take it. It's not, taking, it's not talking about fighting the wind. It's talking about people that understand what it means to own something. Our prayers reveal what is in our heart. It reveals whether we know what we have or not. And God is set to open our eyes and to launch us into our inheritance. There's no more begging. No more crying and weeping. No more whining. It is mine. You give it back now or something else we give. It is the attitude that displays the power and the authority you are speaking from. It is not just the arrogance. Seen arrogance all over Christianity. We are not talking about arrogance. We are talking about the wisdom and the knowledge that comes and the power of God that comes as a result of the knowledge. Because if you know the gift of God, you will have asked, you will not beg. You will not beg. You will ask, not beg. There is a difference between asking and begging. When we know the gift of God, we ask. God said, ask, and it shall be given. Seek. And you shall find, knock, it shall be open. Where did you see Jesus begging? Hallelujah. I think the time is up, like I, um, I said. What I'm trusting God to help us with is to give us some nuggets to understand how do we begin to appropriate what God is opening our eyes to. If you know the gift of God, 
then you will have asked. You will have asked. And the Bible said the gift of God is in us. The gift that God gave to us is the Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. And it's in us. But as long as we do not understand the total package, what it means to be the son of a king, what it means to be a prince, what it means to have the spirit of God. The Bible said only spirit knows spirit. The spirit of God communing with, the, with our spirit in open conversation. Will we get there some days? We will read it. Unspiritual man, the Bible says, does not understand the things of God and cannot receive the gift of God. Because it's silliness to him. That's what the Bible says. He said it is silliness. Hallelujah. We will touch on a few points on Wednesday and we will see what exactly are the gift or is in the gift of God. What is in there? And why would that change my attitude? Why would that change the way I relate? The way I relate with God, the way I relate with people? Will we just mention those few things and the onus will be on you to sit down at the feet of Jesus for him to walk you through it. Because if you don't own it, you can't have it. You can't have mine. I have to sit down at the feet of Jesus for him to walk me through it. You have to do the same. And that's what God is calling us all to. To sit at the feet of Jesus for him to walk us through it. And that will be a revolution in our generation. Amen. Amen. You agree with me? Rise on your feet. And let's pray.